Good morning. Welcome to day one worship this morning or uh, welcome to sanctuary worship. Uh, we are uh, recording one service this morning uh, because our communications director, Rebecca Martin, is on vacation. I know you're asking yourself, why do we allow that? Well, you know, we do. And what you don't know is that even if you don't see her, uh, none of these videos, none of our online content happens without her efforts and without her knowledge and skills. So we are grateful for her, and uh, she has the week off. So we are doing one service this morning and offering it to you two different times. Next week, we will be back again to offering services in both the day one uh, space and in our sanctuary. Also, before we begin worship, I want to remind you, you have an email, hopefully, waiting in your inbox. Uh, we would love to hear answers to three questions from you. It's a very short survey, and those responses are due back by tomorrow, if you could. We'd love to know your favorite hymn or church song. We'd love to know a favorite scripture you'd love to hear preached on, and we would really love to know if there's a certain Sunday school topic you've always wished would be covered. So any answers and all answers, we would uh, appreciate hearing from you. With all of that in mind, uh, let us worship. Yes, Jesus loves 
Let us pray. Lord Jesus, come and walk with your people. Walk with us this day, for you alone are our strength, and we put our trust in you. Come walk behind us and beside us and before us, for you are our shelter, you are our direction. Lord, we know that you are near, and we pray that we will feel your presence in this time of worship. Come alongside us. We do offer our prayers this day for what we might not face alone, but we are willing to face with you in worship that we sin and we fall short of the mark you have set for us. We confess that sin before you now and we turn from it and turn to you. We pray that in our worship, in our hearing of the word, in our prayer, in our song, that you would nourish and renew us, restore us to the new life you've given us, and set us on our path for the week. It is in your holy name that we ask these things, and we offer our prayer to you. Amen. This summer... uh, Whether you know it or not, we've been going through some of the basic teachings of the Christian faith, the basic building blocks of what make up our faith. And today we're going to talk about uh, actually preaching and worship. And that's a little odd uh, to talk about preaching as you preach, uh, but it is a basic part of who we are when we come and we worship together or we worship in whatever form we can um, and we hear the word of God proclaimed. And so we have two short scriptures today from John's gospel, both of them. One is from John 12, and then the other from John 15. From John 12, chapter 20. Now there were certain Greeks among those who came to worship at the feast, and they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida of Galilee, and asked him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Jesus, Philip came and told Andrew, and in turn Andrew and Philip told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. And then from John 15, this is in Jesus' long last conversation with his disciples. And he says this to them um, toward the end of that conversation. He says, When the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me, and you also will bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. These are the word of God. Thanks be to God. I want you to picture it. Join me, if you will. It is the mid-1950s in Memphis, Tennessee, a notice has appeared in the local paper, the Daily News, announcing that the once-a-year event is about to happen again. Come one, come all for this spectacle. And people did come. It's 1956, 1957. And uh, of all the thousands of people who came for that spectacle, 
Included in that group were a group of some college boys from just down the road at University of Memphis. Whoever had a working car at the time that year would drive and the rest would pile in because this only happened once a year. Come one, come all. It was called Payday Someday. And of all things, it was a sermon. Member Roy Minish was one of those University of Memphis boys. He has told me this story several times over the years. That's how much this moment has stayed with him. This sermon, that once a year event. Roy tells it this way. He says, people would pack into Bellevue Baptist Church of Memphis, Tennessee, all to hear Reverend Lee and his annual repetition of the sermon, Payday Someday. It would begin with an empty stage, the crowd packed into the seats, and all of the lights dimmed as everyone waited. And then, then, in the darkness, a single floodlight would snap on, and it lit up reverently, who was dressed head to toe in white with a shock of white hair as well. And he would say into that crowd, payday is coming. He preached to them all. All of us have a payday coming with the Lord. Are you ready for payday, he preached. Every year, Reverend Lee gave that sermon. Every year, its date was announced in the paper. And for over 60 years, Roy Minish, our own Roy Minish, has remembered it. Sermons can do that to us. Preaching and worship can do that to us. There can be these moments or, or a line or a gesture that we never forget. It made such an impression on us at the time. Now, what Reverend Lee was doing that day, we would call herald preaching. That would be the heading we would give it. He was using his voice, yes, but in the way he stood in that spotlight, in the way he used his voice and presence, it was not him who was speaking. He was simply the mouthpiece for the very voice of God. He was the herald. And along with herald preaching, there are other kinds of preaching, too. You've heard all of them over time, all of them that I'll list in and more. There's the pastoral preacher who, who strives to, yes, preach God's word, but who's also concerned with bringing in people's personal concerns, their specific needs to the sermon. There's also the storyteller preacher who, who seems like they're just telling a, a an odd story maybe, or a simple story, and yet at the end of that sharing, you know you've been taken somewhere. You know that there's been God's word in it. I've mentioned to you over the years, my pastor, the Reverend Rudy Beard, he was my pastor for over 20 years, and honestly, don't tell him because he's in retirement now, but he continues to often be my pastor now. Well, Rudy was at like many pastors, at all times, he, he could be any of the three, a herald, a pastoral, a storyteller. When he wanted to, he could have a booming voice. And even though he is a smaller stature man, he could fill that room when the need arose. It was as if God's very own voice was heralding out the gospel. And he told great stories. Over the many years of preaching to the same faces, you can imagine we all came to know his favorite stories. Many were funny. 
Some were sad. He was full of stories. And he was often so so pastoral as well. He had this habit. This was a very Rudy Beard habit. He had this habit of preaching with gusto and power in that pulpit. And then in a moment's notice, he would pause and he'd lean in and he might even lean his hand on his chin and he'd have a conversation with you. And in those moments of that lower voice and that conversational tone, I don't think there was a person in the room who didn't think he was talking directly to them. The herald, the pastor, the storyteller, what memories of preaching gone by does that conjure for you? What moments in worship have nourished you in your life and carried you this far? We all have our stories. Some of them were more spectacular than others, right? Some of them were more insightful than others. But all of these moments, if the preaching was at its best, if worship was at its most faithful, then all of them were also something else as well. They went beyond even the herald, the pastoral, the storyteller. All of them were a witness. A witness. Preaching as a witness, it is when someone comes forward, someone on trembling knees comes forward to speak, and they don't speak in generalities. They, they like a witness called to testify in court. They can only witness and speak in worship to what they saw themselves, to what they've heard themselves, to what has happened to themselves. They are a witness. They point to what they know beyond themselves, and they share it with all who are gathered to listen so that everyone can better know. That's how it is in court for a witness, and that's how it is in preaching, too. That's how it is in worship. You know, I've been thinking about what image might best represent what churches are and, and what we're meant to do and, and be at our best in the world. What is the image that captures that? And, and of course, the first idea I had was that the cross is the best image. The, the cross is the best image for a church. But as good of a thought as that is, that the cross is what Christ did for us, not what the church does. Uh, so then I thought, well, maybe the communion table. The Lord's table, the, the feeding and the remembering, maybe that's it. Or, or, or a pulpit or a baptismal font, what would it be? And for me, I have to say, I think for me, the steeple gets to it the best. Steeples and towers, they were put up onto church roofs for lots of reasons. They were put up so you could better hear their bells all throughout town. They were, they were put up so that people who were new to town would know where the churches were. But mostly, and the main reason these are put onto church roofs is because they point to heaven. They point away from the church. They point to heaven. And that is the work of churches, to point beyond ourselves and to aim people's eyes to heaven. When we are at our best, when worship and preaching is at its best, 
That's what we're doing. When those foreign seekers, those Greeks, in that John 12 passage I read for you, when they found Philip and they said to him uh, their question, their demand, their request, they got right to the heart of it. They said, we want to see Jesus. They didn't want to know how the disciples funded themselves, and they didn't want to know what their organizational structure was. They they weren't even very interested in hearing an eight-part discussion of their core beliefs. They simply and deeply wanted to see Jesus. They needed to see Jesus. And that's what we all want. Every day, every Sunday, We might use different terms for it, describe it a little differently, but we come here, we come to worship, we come together because we want to see Jesus. And in my life, one of those eyewitnesses who shared Jesus with me, who showed Jesus to me, was that Reverend Rudy Beard. And it was not because his stories were amazing or because his sermons were unforgettable. I apologize if you're watching this, Rudy. But sadly, I remember only a handful of them today. No, he was an eyewitness because week after week after week, he stepped into that box And week after week, he offered testimony to where he had seen God show up. He offered testimony to where he had seen our lives participate in that good news of God showing up, where my life joined that good news. And because of his eyewitness testimony, because he stepped into that box each week, we were all made witnesses together. His preaching, that worship, It was not a one-sided experience. There is no worship without one another. We are feeling the strain of that now, are we not? Sermons are nothing if they're not heard. You have your eyewitness testimony as well. You have your stories of who was the witness who stepped into the box, who, who brought you in as well? I think about when that floodlight came on in that church in Memphis so many decades ago. When that floodlight snapped on and it shone on the Reverend Lee, the light was not complete. The work was not finished until that light spread to a young Roy Minish as well. This enterprise, this this preaching and this worship, they are nothing one without the other. We do not witness alone in the end. Jesus calls all of us to be his witnesses. He says the Holy Spirit will help you, but I call all of you to be my witnesses. He calls for all of us to point beyond ourselves and together that's how that's how we witness to the truth. Together that's how we show people Jesus. Amen. Let us pray. Lord Jesus You call us to witness to your work this day.
You call us to point beyond ourselves, to point to your Lord and our Lord, the Father of us all, the ruler of all things in heaven and earth. We thank you, Lord, for the believing and beautiful people who have worshipped in your name throughout the generations. For those who have stepped into the witness box, for those who have lifted their voices in song and their thoughts in prayer. And we give thanks that through their work and the work of the Holy Spirit that the church was able to bring good news for those who long to hear. And we pray as the congregation that you gather today, we pray that in our belief and in what you have given us, that you hear our prayers, that you continue to strengthen us at this time, that you make in us a faithful witness of who you are. May that witness change this world. May our prayers reach all the way to heaven. We pray this day, especially for those who are grieving. We pray for this, those who long for change, for hope. We pray especially for the families and friends of the over 170,000 people who have died in our country through this coronavirus. We pray for those who weep this day. We also offer up our prayers this day for children and teachers and school staff as they return to school tomorrow. Lord, we do not know all of the steps forward, but we pray for all involved in that step, for safety, for health, for comfort and calm. We pray for those who miss their worshiping community at this time, who long to worship together, for all of us who miss that experience. And we offer our prayers for particular people and particular situations at this time. It is in your precious name that we offer these prayers and together pray the way your Son has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. We come to our time of offering again in our worship, and we offer this music to the glory of God and to the uh, 
deepening of your own faith life. If you would like to give an offering to the church, you of course can. You know it's on the website. Until we meet again, may this offering uh, glorify God and glorify uh, his work in your life.
May the love of God go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness, protect you in the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once more into these doors. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you. Thanks to the Lord, our God and King, His love endures forever. For He is good, He is above all things, His love endures forever. Sing praise, sing praise. With a mighty hand and outstretched arm, His love endures forever.
His love.